Into sports. 20 yards out. Urs to shoot. Don't oh, and get into the all-new OTB Sports app. I think when he apologises to me, I probably will say hello to him, yeah. No. Videos, sports news, live scores, interviews. If Fabregas is going to come up to me in the street and give me some of a mouth that he would have given me on a football pitch, what do we get a slap? Plus exclusive content on the OTB Podcast Network. The biggest names in sports. Ready when you are. Search OTB Sports on your app store and download it now. The OTB Podcast Network with Green Farm on the go. Snack smart with 100% natural protein-powered chicken bites. Now you're very welcome back. So we're continuing our series which has been running all week about the grassroots of sport in Ireland, about the future of sport in Ireland. Boxing has produced many of our greatest Olympians and it has thrived in disadvantaged areas and it is most certainly a part of this discussion. And to that end, very happy to say... We are joined from overseas by uh, Mr. Team USA himself, Billy Walsh. Hello. Hello, Joe. How you doing? Good, good. Great to have you with us. Whereabouts in the world are you over there at the moment? I'm in uh, Colorado Springs, um, snowy Colorado Springs. We had a fall of snow yesterday, so it's uh, it's it's called uh, the Olympic City. Uh, it's where all the Olympic uh, sports are based, and uh, where our Olympic training centre is. So you're pretty much there all year round, are you, give or take? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, competitions and training camps uh, uh, abroad and what have you, but we're here, we're based here, yeah, most of the year. It's six thousand two hundred feet above sea level, so it's it's really really good for athletes to train at this level. You know, okay. uh, they do have a small advantage uh, going or when they go back down to sea level to compete. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked to you. How's life been? Strange times, obviously. It's been good, you know. You know, obviously, you know, trying to stay COVID-free like everybody else, and yeah, it's been a challenge. But you know, for, you know, I suppose the world has changed, you know, in, in many ways. Uh, but the goal hasn't changed, and it's just been moved a year, and that's what we've been sort of keeping our guys, you know, because they're a young, young group of people that. Usually, when the Olympic cycle is over, they all go professional to professional to the professional game, and you know, so trying to keep them focused the whole year, a year is a long time when you're 18 or 19 or 20. <laughs> when mm. you get to my age, a year isn't isn't, <laughs> isn't that long? It seems like a couple of weeks. Mm. So um, you know, so it's hard for you know them to keep focused. So we've been trying to focus them and keep them active. You know, we've we sort of we've got out you know to France and got got into Spain for training camps. And competition, you know, when probably wasn't the thing to do when a lot of people were, were sitting at home and wondering what's, what was going to happen. And when we got out into camps and training camps and kept the guys, we came back here to Colorado Springs uh, to train them uh, and, and kept them in groups because you knew at home they wanted the gyms were closed, they couldn't train, you know. And whenever this thing, this thing comes to an end, <clears throat> or we can survive with it and turn things turn back to a bit of normality. The, the qualifiers are going to be on. The Olympic Games are going to be on. We got to be ready. You know, we, we can't have any excuses. We can't just ah, oh, so it was COVID. You know, we got to be ready. So that's where our focus has been. You know, as I said to you, the world has changed, but the goal hasn't. Mm. Have you been able to get home any time lately? Yes, I was home uh, when we went to Spain or, and to France. I went home in November for a couple of weeks, and then I got home at Christmas as well. Okay. I was lucky to get home at Christmas, and I got back on the second of January. Yeah, uh, I was able to go. I was able to go back. So, uh, lucky enough, uh, I, I got my green card just before Christmas. So if I hadn't have had that, 
I wasn't allowed to travel, so I was lucky. And are family mainly based here, Billy, or are they with you out there? Yes, family are mainly based in Ireland. <clears throat> My three kids are not kids anymore. They're 31, 28, 27. And uh, uh, my wife comes in and out in uh, different locations. Depends on where I am. We're traveling quite a bit, and she comes out for a few months every year. Normally, I would get home four or five times a year. Uh, but obviously, this year has been a bit different. Yeah, that's not easy. It's not easy, you know, but, you know, we have a mission and a goal to achieve, so we want to uh, keep that. Someone, someone's got to drive it and keep going. So, um, yeah, it's, it hasn't been. It's been difficult times, you know, for everybody. And uh, but it's life. Uh, it's life as we know it right now, and we got to adapt, and make the most of it. Mm. So, how are you fixed? Do you think if the games go ahead, and Thomas Back was saying today he fully expects them to go ahead? Or naturally, there are. Uh, contrary reports at the moment as you might expect but assuming they do go ahead what would mark a successful games for you on the medal front for starters well you know it's it's a it's a obviously Olympic games are you know the spectacle that we all want to see and, and we obviously win the medals our ambition is to be the best team in the world and we've been obviously driving towards that for the last since I've been here in the last five years so you know in the middle, in the top medal team, would and that would that would look like for me. I think it was on six medals, with two of them being gold. I think that would give us the top spot. So that's what we're looking at. That would be a successful game for us. I think I suppose anything above, you know, they had no male medals in in London. Uh, sorry, in yes, yes, in London, and that's when they went looking for a coach, and that's how I ended up here. But and then we we, we got a couple of male medals in. Rio, we won three medals in total. Clarissa Shields won the gold, so that was a, a big improvement. And we ended up sixth in the in the medal table. So we're trying to drive on from that and be better than that. And we set a target for being the best, and that's what we're that's what we're aiming for. And it seems the structure you inherited inherited wasn't all that great, really. You know, I got the sense from a couple of interviews you had done that really America had been trying to get by on talent alone, and that just wasn't cutting it anymore. Yes, you know, I think, you know, they had the glory days of the 80s, you know, uh, USA, you know, the glory days when they were winning five and six and seven gold medals at Olympic Games, you know, it was, you know, they had a fantastic crew of boxers and then, but the world moved on, you know, USA didn't move on, they stayed in that same mode where, as I said, talent, they had many, many talented boxers in gyms around the, around the country and, uh, they brought those together for training camps here in Colorado Springs, actually, and and then went on to be, as I said, the best team in the world. And and then they didn't move with the times, and they didn't change their trainings. You know, the sport has moved on. You know, went from four two-minute rounds to five two-minute rounds. It went to headgear, no headgear. It went to computers, to back to back to manual judging. You know, so there's been lots of changes, but. They never adapted and never moved along with with the times, and unfortunately, they've fallen by the wayside. You know, to me, the talent is, is here. You know, and I haven't looked at their their um, coach education program since 1984. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the first things I tackled when when we got here. So we've now a new coach education system, so that there will be sustainability and longevity in in success. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, that's the plan. Long after I'll be gone. Yeah. 
Based on your feel of US boxing, it would strike me from afar, and I do not really know what this is based on, but so I'm, I'm curious to get the answer that in the, in the US, the aspiration is very much to go pro. Let's make lots of money, let's win world title, let's go pro as soon as possible. Whereas in Ireland, it feels like the lure of the Olympics for aspiring boxers is very real. A very good comment, Joe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I found when I got here. Um, there was no vision of <clears throat> the Olympic Games. You know, and I had to try and sell them to sell that to the team. So a lot of this team has been with me since I got here. Uh, normally, uh, year in, year out, they were turning over a new team. Uh, they were heading, turning to professional, especially if they had a little bit of success internationally. <clears throat> so that's been um, a challenge. But creating that vision firm, you know, Having, you know, we we transformed a gym where we, you know, we had former Olympians now that went on to become world, very, very famous world champions and um, plaster all over a wall. You know, we had the team from 216. We got those guys, you know, embedded on the wall, showing the team that are here that, you know, you guys can be on the wall next year after Olympic Games if you win the medals, if you win the gold medal, you know, so... And we we sold them the vision of the Libby Games and, and using that as a platform uh, for their professional career, where that you know managers will sign them cheaply right now, but if they have a Libby gold medal, they'll add a couple of zeros to their paycheck. So that's really what we've been selling to them. You know, as you said, a lot of them come from backgrounds of you know deprived backgrounds and stuff like that. So you know, small money sometimes is, is worth a lot to them. So. Just maybe learning what your worth is, and uh, it's going to help them by staying in this program. Yes. Well, listen. We wish you well, very well with it all. In so much as we can, obviously, we'll have some split loyalties on occasion. I suspect down the down the line, as you will too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm always be Irish. Don't worry about that. No, no, no. I know. So listen, we've in the been, background, you got a job to do. <laughs> we've been running a series this week, Billy, where we've been talking to all sorts of different people of all different levels in Irish sport and just getting their sense of where sport in Ireland is, where grassroots sport in Ireland is, where it needs to go. And uh, we thought it would be odd to neglect boxing, obviously. So it's great to have you on. So I was checking there. There's a, there, there are about 360 IABA affiliated clubs on the island, north and south, 360 clubs. I, I know you know all about the, the top 1% and the high for performance unit and the great work done by you and Gary Keegan and, and many others. The other 99% I'm kind of interested in, it's, it's, it's kind of the theme of the discussions we've been having this week in many ways. So um, I don't know where you want to start, like I'll follow you a little bit here. I'd be curious, you, you would have had a great sense of boxing in Ireland in the 1980s when you were coming through en route to the Olympics yourself. So maybe give us a, a, a sense of, of boxing in the country uh, what it means to people, who are the people it means the most to, how well is it supported, and, and maybe the journey it's been on over the last while. Yeah, well, I'll I, I probably go back a bit further. Probably I started uh, in a club, in a Christian Brothers school, and the Christian Brothers Boxing Club in Wexford Town uh, when I was seven. So we're going back to 1970, right? Yeah. And, and at that time, you know, uh, for me, as a kid starting out, it was you know, obviously a new sport. I was playing hurling, Gaelic football, and soccer at the same time. But boxing was the one that I loved more than any of them. And in that, in those gyms, and, and having stayed in, in in boxing for so long, all the kids that came in in that class that I was in, and all of those kids, you know, 
some stayed on for a few years some went, went after one year you know one week you know and what it's done for kids in the community because I grew up in a re- really pretty pretty tough background <clears throat> tough uh, streets Wolfstone Villas you know and uh, so it was it was it was an escape for me to go to be there and it kept the discipline that taught me and they keep me on the straight and narrow they keep me away from you know, the other, the other guys that knocked around with in the street ended up getting in trouble and <clears throat> all of that sort of stuff. So boxing kept me, I had a focus of that, and I knew that if I misbehaved outside of the club, I wasn't going to be there back into it. And I, and I loved it that much. I, want, I wanted that more than anything else. So that's what boxing clubs does for, you know, the community, you know, uh, the, the, the club. A lot of the parents would get involved in the club because the coach is usually there mostly on his own, you know, you have a small committee and they're, they're trying to raise funds, you know, it might take, you know, lucky to get some subs off the boxers going in, you might get 20, 20 pence maybe at the time, uh, uh, 20 pence subs every, if you're lucky to get that every week, you know, so like, it wasn't because most of the kids came from the private backgrounds, they, they, weren't, they weren't making money from it, whereas in the USA, this, over here, it, it's, it's really, uh, it's a business. Uh, you have a gym. You know, it is your li- your livelihood. You know you collect your your rent or your money from people, the clients that come in to train. So that's how they survive over here. It, it is actually their business. Mm. Uh, whereas in Ireland, it's more a volunteer based uh, situation where people get, go to work during the day and in the evening time to go to the sport that they love and train all these kids to become champions. And then obviously I was in the, at, the, at the lucky end of it. I did, when I became a coach, that I ended up, I was a coach in the club first, and then I got the, the head coach of, of the USA, of the Irish boxing team, and I was able to take those guys in and then bring them on to the next level uh, for international boxing. But the, the, the club system in Ireland is fantastic. You know, the amount of talent that we produce year in, year out, you know, it's phenomenal. And as I said to you, all these guys are, are volunteers, mm. uh, which, you know, it's a difficult job because boxing is such an intense sport and the conditioning for it. You need to be at a real level, you know, so you're really a full, you're full-time doing it. Mm. You might have a job as a part-time, but boxing consumes your life and um, it is a, it's a credit to the IABA and the volunteers uh, that they have within us that um, make the sport so successful, uh, make it our best in the big sport. And is the boxing scene thriving at the moment? Has it improved over the last two decades? Are there more clubs now? Are fewer clubs now? Are they surviving by the skin of their teeth or are they a bit more comfortable these days? You know, a lot of them would be surviving by the skin of their teeth. Financially, you know, clubs don't <laughs> have lots of money. They're, they're, they're surviving week by week. They're trying to get some people, to, sponsors, local sponsors, you know, to run shows, to buy the trophies, you know, to keep the doors open, you know, if they're lucky to have their own gym, they're lucky. They're very lucky. If not, they're renting places and trying to make those make those um, payments every every month or whatever it is. It's difficult for most clubs, yeah. you know, especially in the current climate when they were closed. You know, when there are not the people who weren't allowed to train, so they weren't allowed to get subs from people coming into train uh, to help them offshoot uh, their payments. You know, and normally, you know, I know in my own club. We used to uh, run one big show every year, and that would sort of set you up for the year if you could make enough money on that uh, for that year. Uh, that would set you up for to help send all your your schoolboys and your youths and your elite boxers to the national championships. 
because you know the kids didn't have that much money, so we would bring them, put them up in the B and B, stay in Dublin for the week, you know, mm. and go to the national championships if you got that far. You know, you also got the county championships, and then you had the Leinster championships as well. So prior to the national, so and yeah, so that's how yeah. clubs were, were, you know. So it's a struggle for them this year because they haven't been able to do that those competitions either. You know, nothing has been yeah. like all sports, I suppose. Boxing hasn't been able to, to do that and get out to that. They get out to go to different counties to spar or to actually compete in their club shows. Mm. You know, and sort of you know put on holds but you know boxing is they're very resilient people so they will survive and they will come back around again, you know. And what would your sense be, Billy, of participation? Are numbers on the up as opposed to 20 years ago, or, or is it hard to know? I, I would definitely say the yeah, numbers are on the up, definitely, and particularly in, in female boxing. Female boxing, obviously, through the success of a lot of it, through the success of Katie Taylor uh, and many others, you know, Kelly Harrington, you know, and girls, a lot of the girls in the air squad have, you know, Showing all the younger girls back at home looking on TV, you know, you can become a world champion, you can become an Olympic champion, mm. and uh, that's been massive. I think the men, you know, there's been a lot of pull from a lot of different sports, you know, you know, our own national games, which I'm a big, big fan of, um, you know, would, would take a lot of some of our best athletes, you know, um, and obviously rugby is you know, a big, big call now, and obviously soccer is, is a massive sport in our country, so mm. you know. Kids, you know, and sometimes those games are a bit easier <laughs> than boxing uh, in many ways, you know. So, but, you know, I'm always a firm believer of, you know, playing as many sports as possible at a young age because, you know, that's where you're long, you're, you get your best long-term athlete development. Yeah. And, you know, you know, at 18 or so, you decide then which one is for you, yeah. um, which one are you, are you best at, which one you're going to be more successful at. As I did. I think anyone in their life who has sparred for the first time suddenly realizes the fitness required. And it's a shock and it's an astronomical amount of fitness. Um, equally, there might be a bunch of people who don't want to get uh, bashed in the head. Are there many people, do you think, going to clubs these days, Billy, saying, look, I don't want to spar, but I want to do the training. I want to hit the bags. I want to do the ropes. I want to get as fit as I possibly can. Is, is, is there that aspect of the sport these days? Yeah, there is, yeah, without doubt. That's always been there, you know. Even, right. You know, my time in the club as a club coach, guys just wanted to come down to train, you know. And, you know, with those guys, you can incorporate them into the club, you know. And they can see the work you're doing and they can see, you know, all the kids and, and the benefits that they're getting from us. And some of those, you can turn them into coaches. Some of them, you can turn them into referees and judges and officials within within the sports, which sometimes happens quite a bit actually for guys who just had a fondness for the sport and wanted to train but didn't want to get hit and uh, and then they ended up being you know the club official could end up being a fundraiser for the club could end up sponsoring the club mm. so all are welcome into into boxing gyms uh, in Ireland you know and obviously there's the, the your elite squad that you're getting ready for championships you got to concentrate on those but you know those other guys guys and gals that want to take part in the sport they're all welcome and and they can always contribute something back to the sport. There are many great traditions of boxing in the country. The traveling community have a wonderful tradition when it comes to boxing. And you mentioned disadvantaged areas, even in the US as well as here. Is that still very much, uh, they, 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 are they the parts of the community boxing still really seems to connect with or has it, has it spread beyond that in broad terms? 
you know, for a long time, you know, boxing again has been diverse in, in many ways because we've had so many different types of people. You know, um, from from working class people to people that, that that weren't working, from people you know from the from the, our traveling community, you know, all walks of life, mm. all colors, all races, all all creeds. You know, and always boxing has always been inclusive of all of those. You know, uh, which is the fantastic thing about the sport because once you step inside the ropes, everybody's equal. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference what color, what what, what religion you are, or, or where you come from. Uh, everyone is equal. You know, and Ireland has had a proud history of all types. If you look at you know the Olympic teams that I was involved with, back even go back you know to 2000 before Dr. Anna Falvey, who was the main yeah. man in, in Irish rugby, the doctor, and I, so Anna was uh, you know boxed for Ireland as as our super heavyweight. Mm-hmm. He was on Irish teams, you know, and. Yeah, Darren O'Neill is a school teacher, like, and you know, um, Adam Nolan was Adam Nolan was a was a guard. So we've had <clears throat> quite a bit, a lot, a lot of guards as well, you know. Yeah. So we've had quite a bit of uh, diversity within within the group. Yes, we've had people from the Southern community who were fantastic, some of the greatest boxers we've ever produced <clears throat> at the Olympic Games, and and great people as well. So. Yeah. You know, we've had all sorts, and, and boxing welcomes welcomes that, and 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 as I say, it brings everybody together, and, and, and it brings everybody everybody's level when they go inside those ropes and the bell rings. There's nobody <laughs> ahead of anybody else, you know, only, only only in what they believe. It it sounds like certainly at amateur level, then you're painting a very nice picture. Numbers in decent shape, clubs, you know, surviving. Obviously, you know, you, you could always do with more money, but. Uh, generally surviving and, and, and doing great work and connecting the community. And you talked about the quality of coaches being good as well, so that, you know, and we're producing great talent. That It does sound like it's in a good place then. Yes, it is. You know, obviously, as I said about the struggling piece financially, these clubs are struggling. And some training in, you know, not great conditions, you know. And, you know, but, you know, they're running clubs, they're keeping them going. They could do with better facilities. They could do with an extra few, few bob in 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 the bank to help to help these kids get them out of, keep them on the straight and narrow, keep them out of out of jails, keep them out of trouble, uh, and, and put them on a better pathway in life. You know, and anyone that I've, I've missed and anyone I've, like, I go back home regularly and I meet my friends that are box with when we were seven and eight, nine. They, they turned out to be such fine. Gentlemen, upstanding gentlemen. Someone gone on to other sports and being successful in soccer and other, you know, different games. But uh, you know, it turned out to be the grounding that they got from from the boxing really turned them in, and, and the drive and the ambition that they got from you know being in that sport has is, is really uh, turned them into fine outstanding gentlemen within our community and, and ladies. So, at professional level, there's a, the picture is, is grimmer, obviously, and. Uh, we're at a point where it doesn't seem like it's it's deemed safe to even stage a professional uh, fight in Dublin, uh, which is a really terrible state of affairs, and people have a lot of concerns at, at what's going on. How damaging is all that to the sport? Well, I, you know, I think our best athletes, you know, in the professional game, are getting work outside of the country, and it is very unfortunate. Uh, to what's going on, I don't have really much comment to make on it, but mm-hmm. you know the fact that uh, um, that that's been allowed to to happen um, uh, because there is the ordinary run-of-the-mill professional that needs to be working 
to, to he needs needs to have fights to um, to make money mm. to survive to, to feed his family. You know, so you know they're being deprived of you know a, a decent wage, a salary that they can survive on, and, and obviously they need to be fighting regularly. So that is something that you know I think that needs to be sorted out pretty soon. Mm. Uh, because if if the people that are involved can have shows all around the world, but they can't have it in, in Ireland, um, it is a bit ridiculous. So I think something needs to be done uh, once and for all to make put an end to it. Because there is a lot of people that are you know need you know, boxing, need fights, they need shows, need promotion. You know, the sport needs it, you know, for to get kids interested. You know, as I said to you earlier on, our, this is our best Olympic sport. We have the most medals by a by a by a long shot, mm. you know, of you know of any other sport, uh, any other sport in 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 our country. We happen we happen to be very good at it. Mm. We happen to have a great history of it, and we happen to have a great network of clubs that are producing great kids to bring to the high performance units. Might finish on the point you started with. You said you were playing different sports as a seven-year-old, and there was something about boxing that you loved and you still clearly love the sport. What is it about the, uh, you know, the, 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 the pursuit and the, the artistry of it, I suppose, and the competitiveness required and the bravery required and the whole cocktail? What is it that, that made you tingle, that made you fall in love with the sport? I, I, I think, you know, the fear. Because every time you go in that ropes, there, there's a, like it sounds as if you're going to get if you get beaten by a point or you get beaten by a goal, you get beaten by you know. But just like there was a fear that this guy was going to take my head off, right? Uh, if I didn't get my head out of the way, <laughs> and he was going to beat me, and it was really it, it maybe it's a primitive thing, like going back to the Stone Ages or whatever. Like it was one against one, right? You had your team when you know. As Ray Myers, one of our boxers, one time said to me, you know, all I know is, he said, when the bell goes, the coach walks back down the steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was in there alone, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's why you're you're alone. Yes, you have your advice and people are shouting into you, whatever, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. If you're not willing to put in the work in the gym, if you're not willing to put the work in on the road, you're the one who's going to suffer. So, you know, you're holding yourself accountable every time you went in there because have I done the work? If I've done the work, I'm going to give, you know, a good performance. Mm. If I haven't done the work, but then you're going to get, you're going to get a beaten, right? And you deserve it <laughs> because you haven't done the work. Mm. So for me, that was the thing that, you know, I love GA and I love team sports. I love playing soccer and hurling and Gaelic football, but and because of my teammates and my friends and, but the individual piece of being in there uh, and the, the sense of accomplishment when you were successful and this, the pain of defeat was so difficult. And to, to, you know, to be able to drag yourself back up and go back in and you may actually meet that guy again in that year and, and get a chance to beat him again. You know, try to revenge, get revenge for, you know, your, if you had a loss. Mm. So those things inspired me um, to work harder, to be better every day. And obviously, to, and, and, I got an opportunity to fulfill my dream. I became an Olympian uh, in 1988, and that was, you know, one of the greatest occasions of my life. Mm. I'll bet it was. Listen, we've taken up enough of your time. I know you're a busy man over there. So Billy Walsh, uh, head of Team USA Boxing, formerly obviously head of 
Irish team boxing up until about five years ago. Billy, good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Great, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. The OTB Podcast Network. With Green Farm on the go. Snack smart with 100% natural protein-powered chicken bites. 